Welcome to San Diego Sessions, episode number 15. We're in studio today with vibraphonist and percussionist Matt DiBiase. Listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello, good morning, and good afternoon. We're here in San Diego Sessions. Uh, I'm Ed Kornhauser, and I'm in here today with my intrepid host, uh, Master Chef, uh, Vice uh, Admiral, Commander of the Fleet, Ian Tordella. <laughs> and we're, we're here in studio today with our guest, uh, vibraphonist, malacatist, composer and band leader, Matt DiBiase. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Welcome. Welcome. All right, before we start, I have our usual pressing issues, questions, uh, I have several grievances for Mr. Ed Kornhauser. Please grieve and press away. First up, trumpet player and the leader of jazz at Lincoln Center, Wynton Marsalis, or uh, iconic piano player. You know, we should like put a dollar in a jar every time I say iconic. Um, <laughs> iconic pianist, Wynton Kelly. We all have our crutch words. Um, I mean, for taste, I absolutely love Wynton Kelly. I gotta go for Wynton Kelly. I mean. Wynton Marsalis was, is great, amazing trumpet player. He's done a lot for like putting jazz in, in the limelight, you know, in this day and age. And I mean, Black Codes is still one of my favorite records. And I've actually, of the two of them, the only one I've seen, obviously, <laughs> is Wynton Marsalis. But uh, I'm going to go with Wynton Kelly. All right. I was, uh, I was actually listening to that record, the one he did with Wes, Smoking at the Half Note. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not long ago. My parents actually had that actual vinyl record when I was... Uh, a kid, and I, I listened to it a few times when I was like real young, and then I listened to it again as a teacher, teenager when I actually played jazz. Yeah, it's a killer record. And that Wynton Kelly uh, with Joe Henderson, those two albums, four and whatever the other one's called, is great. Yeah, <laughs> with Jimmy Cobb and Joe Henderson. Okay, next up, we're in the string section. Um, a man who who redefined jazz guitar stylings, Freddie Green, mm. or. Mm. Uh, I'll use the word iconic again. Iconic <laughs> post-bop, bebop, uh, and beyond trumpet player, Freddie Hubbard. I was a little thrown off by string session because only one of those guys oh, is that's a string true. player. <laughs> that, that was a lie. <laughs> it's very early in the morning. <laughs> um, that's a tough one because, you know, Freddie's sound is like, crucial to the Basie band. And, and he was an interesting guy, too, but... but I think for taste again, I I, I got to go with with Freddie Hubbard. Oh, that's a tough choice because I want I want both. But Freddie's like the way he develops his ideas, his his tone, his energy. Um, I got to go with Freddie Hubbard. All right. Okay. Now for the last one, we are in the brass section. Okay. Good. I'm not I'm not leading you on this time. Um, he was called the link between the swing era and the beboppers. Mm. Incredible soloist Roy Eldridge, trumpet player, and another like or, another. Was he in the Basie band? I know he. I can't remember. Huh. Uh, and then uh, one of the greatest trumpet players of our era, Roy Hargrove. Ooh, that's tough because that's I listened to the former a lot when I was a teenager, and I've listened to the latter a lot now. Can I? Can I? Can I uh, give a lifeline here to Matt? Man, I don't know about that one. Um, I'd say I haven't really checked out the former enough. Hmm. Uh, just with my generation, since when I and how recently I started getting into jazz more in the last like six years is really when I started studying it at a professional level. You know, I, everyone's talking about Roy Hargrove, so right. that's kind of where my ears were have been drawn. Uh, 
but I don't feel informed enough to answer that or to, to make a choice there, I think is what I wanted to say. Oh boy. You know, you know, you know what's funny? Roy, Roy Eldridge is one of those players. I used to listen to him so much when I was just starting out. He's somebody who I can, I can pick out of like a musical lineup in a heartbeat, even, oh, nice. even more so than Roy Hargrove, which is funny, but I could always, I always, I know his sound so well. So in that case, for personal taste, even though I love Roy Hargrove, I'm going to go Roy Eldridge. All right. Excellent. Okay, well, we're here in studio again with Matt DiBiase, vibraphonist and new to town. Yeah, excited yeah. to be here. Thank Wel- you guys for having me. Welcome to San Diego. And we're going to kick it off with a tune from one of your groups. This band is called Frizen. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Frizen, yeah. <laughs> we had okay. a little talk earlier about how to say uh, certain things. <laughs> this band is called Frizen, and this first track is Redemption. Thank you. 
And we're back. You were listening to Matt DiBiase's group Frizzin, and that was the tune Redemption off their self-titled release. Dude, that was really cool. Thanks. We, dude. No. <laughs> dude. Dude. I'm, I'm, we're enjoying it. Yeah, I'm from California. I can't help it. Dude is like a comma for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we heard a lot in that track. That was cool. We were talking about it when we were listening to it. Um, that cool like synth sound, which was not a... Well... Were you playing keyboard synth or were you playing Malakat? I was playing Malakat for yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, there's a Rhodes uh, phenomenal keys player, Michael Ornstein from the Bay, actually, uh, who goes to Oberlin was playing just like a Rhodes sound for a lot of that figure that you were hearing in mm. Seven. But uh, yeah, for the a lot of the stuff on top of that, it's either like me doing a lead synthesizer or me doing the Malakat synth stuff. And that solo, you that was you on the Malakat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For uh, for I just <clears throat> wanted to say, just for those of you who don't know, because actually I didn't really know what this was. Until a few uh, weeks ago, really. What what's a Malakat? I really I'd never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Malakat is basically uh, the best thing that you can discover when you're a mallet percussionist trying to get more into electronic mm. uh, integration with your playing. And it's basically a giant MIDI like it's a it's a less space efficient MIDI controller that's laid out for a percussionist like if effectively basically. Uh, and yeah, so it's it's laid out like a giant vibraphone. You hit it with sticks. Uh, I actually use drumsticks with practice tips on them because I get even more rebound. Mm, wow. um, and you can get like the facility that I, I was also a drummer for a little while. I did like some big band drumming and like uh, picked up drums in middle school. And so I have a lot of stick control stuff that I've always wanted to access with a pitch-based instrument. Um, but I've never been able to with the vibraphone because all the energy you put into a bar, you just lose that. Right. I mean, it's great. I mean, the yeah. vibraphone, don't get me wrong. I love vibraphone. But uh, I've always no rebound, wanted to yeah. get back that rebound and then have like way more facility. And I discovered the Malakat and then I started using drumsticks with the practice tips. And now you have an evenly weighted stick that has all the facility of a drum head. And wow. now you have pitch based control over that. So the Malakat was like an awesome discover for me. Um, and uh, it's just so powerful to be able to make any sounds. I also do like with some of the solo stuff that I do, I play drum kits with it because oh, wow. it has a facility of a drum. Uh, so I like transfer a lot of that and play drum kits and like synth drums. Uh, yeah, synth drums, I guess. No, like I, I like set up a sample rack and map it to the MIDI controller. Okay. So I'm playing oh, sam- like triggering. Oh. I'm just triggering drum things with. Oh, okay. With the, with so the it's not like a synthetic. Too. You've you've sampled an actual snare drum. And exactly. Actual, oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. that that's still okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So you mentioned you you went to Oberlin College of Music in Ohio, mm-hmm. and then tell us who's playing on this record, or and what's the instrumentation? Yeah, it's- sure. So it's an eight piece band. Uh, we have I. I took it as an opportunity for me to serve a little bit more of the role of a uh, a horn player in this group because with all my other groups, I was serving more of the role of a chordal instrument. Um, so I consider me to be like one of the three horns in the group. So I have uh, me, and then I have Nathan Rice on tenor saxophone um, and Givton Jelen right now, who's this really young cat from the Bahamas who's great, uh, and um, he's on trumpet. And then for chords... Uh, I got guitar and keys going on with this band, and um, the guitarist sort of, it's a mixture between Russell Gelman Sheehan, who's this really great guitarist uh, based out of Detroit right now, and Emmett Schur, who's still at Oberlin, um, phenomenal guitarist from the Brubeck Institute, sort of transferred over to Oberlin, so really nice to meet him. Uh, He came on tour with us this summer. And then um, Michael Ornstein is on keyboards, phenomenal uh, San Francisco-based or maybe Oberlin based right now, but he's from the Bay. Uh, and then on bass, um, we have Eli Heath. This cat is unbelievable. Uh, he does everything from like um, Moog synth bass with a little fatty to electric bass. And he's also a, an amazing, like monstrous acoustic player. But he's just doing electric bass and synth bass on this. And then um, on drums, and we have like, drums and auxiliary percussion. Wow. Uh, and drums is Chase Kiesel who's this really, like, one of my best friends. Uh, met him at Oberlin, played with him for over four years now. Done some tours internationally with him, too. He's a great guy. Um, he's at the Global Program in, at Berkeley right now. Uh, and then... Oh, that's a super, like, elite thing. Yeah, yeah. man. He's, yeah. Wow. So uh, he's he's doing great things, and I'm really proud of him, really happy for him. Um, and then uh, on auxiliary percussion is this awesome guy, Patrick Graney who's sort of like a protege to Jamie Haddad, who plays a lot of auxiliary percussion with like Sting and Paul Simon Mm. and teaches at Oberlin. So Pat's been like 
really good friends with him and he's this amazing auxiliary percussionist yeah so when you were assembling this band were you seeking out a certain instrumentation or were you seeking out specific players yeah so for me uh i'd say i was prioritizing more of the players um when i form bands or when i start thinking on a larger scale like this in terms of what to do with musicians i sort of consider three things in my decision making one is like i, I call them the three p's actually uh playability, um, personality, and professionalism. Mm. So you can play your butt off and sound amazing, but if you never show up on time for the gig, you know, like I don't consider you a well-rounded musician. Uh, And you need those three things in my opinion. And I prioritize personality, I think most over anything, because it's the healthiest thing for the music. I Um, agree. I agree. Yeah, that's one thing. Like I would rather play with, you know, a player who's not exactly a team player, kind of a jerk. That really just makes me not want to play with that person at all, no matter if they're amazing or not. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> That's true. I you're talking no, about musical personality, not a. Oh, oh no, not, I mean like personal. In person. Oh yeah. Personality. But uh, yeah, so we, I, I I take all those things into consideration. You take I, it personally. <laughs> yeah. Right. When I when I form a band, and first and foremost, I think one of the beautiful things about Oberlin is it's an 85 person department right now, and it feels like a family. Similar wow. to how actually the jazz community has felt to me in San Diego thus far, which is great. You know, like it's not totally swamped with a lot of people um, who then there's like not too much competition and everyone's very welcoming. So that fits with our, our I think, our city vibe in general. We're yeah. kind of laid back and cool and and uh, down to hang and down to support each other. There's not a lot of cutthroat backstabbing here. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly what I, uh, you know, want to avoid. And Oberlin really taught me not only how to think more within like the confines of what I'm given but it taught me how to write for people Hmm. so when I formed this band I was you know you asked me how I formed it it, I was thinking more about who are these people what are their playing styles and how can I you know make those come together how can I best utilize these assets yeah Yeah. similar to what Duke did with his bands you know what I mean like he wrote four specific individuals uh, and I was trying to sort of that was a great you know point for me to go off of so i was trying to do the same thing we had a group uh in here in san diego for a while we only played like a couple gigs it was like a collective we all wrote for it uh, a bunch of my friends were in it um and the same thing when i wrote for that ensemble it was same deal like i kind of uh it's like oh i really think matt would sound great when he played this yeah you know exactly matt hall trombone player i would yeah. sound great if he you know i'll write a line for him yeah because i know he'll kill this you exactly know? yeah yeah so, so writing writing attuned to people's interest and also being really receptive to feedback that people give yeah like oh man like this doesn't sit well on the guitar or right. like oh this is like not really what i'm trying to do Back i would to the much rather board. do this yeah and i'm totally open to that that's like one of the things i'm encouraging actually i've done all the music or you know we have a new record coming out that uh the drummer's chase has written a couple tunes on but i've written all the music other than that and it's i've been encouraging everyone to write and try and get just as involved in it as me so again it's a family i want it to be a family effort right on and where did you where did you record this 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 record? Uh, this record we recorded in in Oberlin. Uh, both records that we've done, what the one yeah, there's one out right now, and then there's another one in the makes. But both mm. that we've recorded, we've done at Oberlin. This first one was actually done in the Tamara Studios. Oberlin has this department called um, Tamara, which is Technology and Music and Related Arts, oh. and it's uh, this really awesome program. That's Check it out if you don't know about it. They are students. They're forced to like do a lot of uh or not forced to they're they're taught a lot of audio engineering and they get access to these great studios and so you know i hit up my buddy hayden arp uh in the program who's a great you know uh, music maker and um writer and composer and he i was just like hey i want to record this record can i like pay you like basically nothing <laughs> in terms of what it costs to make a record and he was so down and wow. they're actually not supposed to charge anything so like uh it's part they just get access to that and that's part of their learning experience so that's right. That worked out great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it did. And so, when's uh when's this new EP gonna come out? Probably not um, for not for a minute. The new yeah, probably not for a minute. It's still I'm mixing a lot of it, and then I'm gonna outsource some final touches on the mixing and the mastering uh to someone else. And there's video for it too. Uh, since we just we were able to do all the video in the studio as well. Um, so with all that in mind and a couple other things that I have in the works, it probably won't be out at least for half a year from now. Okay. But 
Well, we'll Stay look, tuned for that. We'll look forward to it then, and then yeah. maybe some uh, some more touring next summer. Yeah, we're in the midst of trying to, you know, you're was, on that scholastic schedule, yeah, so you got to wait for the summers. We're on that grind, so we're trying to we're trying to get another thing put together to get everyone back in the same spot. Yeah, nice. Well, we're looking forward to that new EP from Frizen in a few months. Uh, but let's hear a track from your solo project, and this is a solo project that incorporates Mallet Cat, since Vibraphone. I don't know. And drums, some vocoder, a little bit vocoder. of vocoder. And I do play the drums on it, but I normally don't play the drums live. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. this is your, your project called Plexus. And An we're equally gonna, interesting word. <laughs> Plexus. And we're going to kick it off with a tune called Altitude. Listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. I'm Mandy Joe, and here is your jazz forecast for November 19th through the 26th. Sunday, November 19th. 
Guitarist Zoe Shaw and vocalist Leonard Patton play at Maritalia on Coronado from noon to 3 p.m. Later, pianist Hugo Suarez plays from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Lex and the Jewels perform at Panama 66 from 6 to 8 p.m. Guitarist Peter Sprague and vocalist Leonard Patton play at Soltero Winery and Kitchen in Encinitas at 7 p.m. Monday, November 20th. Pianist Joshua White performs a free noontime concert at the Athenaeum Music and Arts Music Library in La Jolla with Dean Hewlett on bass and Curtis Taylor on trumpet. Guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. There's no cover and it's 21 and up. Tuesday, November 21st, the Gabriel Sunday Trio plays at 7 grand from 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, but you must be 21 or older. Wednesday, November 22nd, the 38th annual San Diego Jazz Festival begins at the Town & Country Hotel, running until Sunday the 26th. The festival features Dixieland, ragtime, swing, and rockabilly styles. For more info, visit sdjazzfest.org. Trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66. Listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of Balboa Park. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Drop by early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. Thursday, November 25th. Happy Thanksgiving! The Mekon Zlakovich Trio plays the U.S. Grant Hotel from 8 to 11 p.m. Friday, November 24th. The Rob Dove Quartet plays two sets in the 950 Lounge at the Hanlery Hotel beginning at 5.30 p.m., featuring pianist Hugo Suarez, bassist Dean Hewlett, and drummer Tyler Crutell. No cover and parking is free with validation. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, so stay tuned for more great jazz. Pianist Irving Flores plays at Maritalia on Coronado from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Lorraine Castellanos and guitarist Bob Boss play Harvest by the Patio at 6 p.m. in East Village. Juicebox plays some original, funky, and retro-inspired jams at Panama 66 from 6 to 8 p.m. Come for the fast jams and stay for the slow jams. The Mark Lessman Quartet plays at Northern Spirits in San Marcos from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. Pianist Joshua White releases his debut album, 13 Short Stories, with a special performance at Dizzy's, featuring saxophonist Josh Johnson, bassist Dean Hewlett, and drummer Dan Schnell. Music begins at 8 p.m., and it's a $20 cover. Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate from 8 to 11 p.m. in the Plaza Bar of the Westgate Hotel. The Antar Martin Quartet plays at the U.S. Grant Hotel from 8 p.m. to midnight, featuring vocalist Leonard Patton. The Ed Kornhauser Organ Trio plays at 7 grand from 10.30 p.m. to 1.30 a.m., featuring guitarist Louis Valenzuela and drummer Charlie Weller. No cover, but you must be 21 or older. Saturday, November 25th, Trio Gajo, Quinteto Caballero, and other groups join 30 visual artists for an event at La Bodega Gallery in Barrio Logan. The evening kicks off at 5 and goes until 10 p.m. $10 donation at the door. Pianist Irving Flores plays at Maritalia on Coronado from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. The Gabriel Sunday Trio plays at Panama 66 from 7 to 9 p.m. There's no cover and all ages are welcome. Vibraphonist Anthony Smith brings his quartet to Northern Spirits in San Marcos from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Jacobs with an Ella Fitzgerald Centennial Tribute at Copley Symphony Hall, featuring an all-star ensemble with Sarah Gazarek, Jasmia Horn, and Mary Stallings. This not-to-miss performance begins at 8 p.m. For more details and tickets, visit sandiegosymphony.org. The Jazz Mekon Quartet plays at Dizzy's at 8 p.m., featuring pianist Mekon Zlakovich, flutist Lori Bell, bassist Antar Martin, and drummer Duncan Moore. There's a $20 cover, or $15 for students, and all ages are welcome. Vocalist Allison Adams-Tucker is joined by brothers Peter and Trip Sprague at the Westgate Hotel from 8 to 11 p.m. Sunday, November 26th. Pianist Irving Flores and vocalist Leonard Patton play at Maritalia on Coronado from noon to 3 p.m., followed by pianist Edward Gabrielian, who plays from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. 
Tin Felton and crew host their monthly funk jam at Panama 66 in Balboa Park from 6 to 8 p.m. with house amps, percussion, a drum set, and keyboard. Check out Sundays in the Park on Facebook to see a song list and sign up. Guitarist and vocalist Steph Johnson and bassist Rob Thorson play at the Turf Supper Club from 8 to 11 p.m. No cover, but you must be 21 or older. You're listening to San Diego Sessions. And we're back. You just heard Altitude by Matt DiBiase's solo project, Plexus, followed by Cortisol by his larger ensemble group, Frizen. And we're going to talk more about Plexus uh, after this. But uh, first off, we have a little segment that we like to call the San Diego Seven. And these are seven rapid-fire questions. They don't have to be strictly rapid-fire, but, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, that we'd like to That we'd like to have you answer from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. All right, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Don't be nervous. Don't be <laughs> nervous. Number one, what did you listen to on your drive over here? Oh, whoa. I was actually listening to my Google Maps more than anything, but uh, I've been listening to um, Terry Gibbs's record, which I couldn't find on streaming services, so I purchased, which is good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. And uh, it's called Vibes on Velvet. And it's this awesome record where it's vibraphone, rhythm section, and five saxes with no brass. And Whoa. it's a super cool project, which I can actually talk a little bit more about later because uh, there's something in the works there. But I've been listening to that record a lot, and I actually spoke with Terry on the phone this weekend, which was crazy. Wow. So, Very anyways, cool. next question. <laughs> okay. Wow. That was, that was a cool answer. Tease some stuff. Uh, number two, and I'm, I'm recycling this from, a, from our episode with a former podcast guest and vibraphonist anthony smith do you prefer the burton musser or stevens grip uh, i use so I, I was classically trained for 12 years using musser stevens which is a better grip for getting larger intervals on a marimba when the intervals are really wide but when i started getting more into jazz in college i switched over to the burton grip um, just because your facility and your ability to move the mallet's intervals closer and further away hmm. is way easier with Burton. Um, so I use Burton right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Vibraphone nerd alert. Yeah. <laughs> We're calling all vibraphonists. <laughs> We're trying to keep our vibraphone shop talk. On this the, is on the, the third on the vibraphone interview we've had on this show. So wow. I think we're rep- we're representing That's vibes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you studied uh, number. Sorry, number three. Mm-hmm. You studied with pianist and organist Dan Wall. What's one way his harmonic and melodic approach uh, has shaped your playing? Uh, one way, there's. it's just like it has shaped all of my playing. It's really hard to describe, I think, one concrete thing. But Dan, you know, I got to Oberlin as a classically oriented person, and or that was where my comfort zone was. So Dan just totally broke all the hinges off of that. And But one way that he really changed my playing was... I mean, Dan is, his personality is so loose and his aura is just so relaxed that it like not only makes you love him as a person, but makes you love him as a musician too, because he plays the heck out of the piano. So uh, the biggest thing is he really taught me that your personality can be so well tied to how you play. Um, The biggest thing that I learned from him is just like staying loose and staying relaxed. And that's like, should be a big priority for anyone when you play music. Right, don't be so tense up. Like physically, it's not good for you either. Yeah. Like when I've been tense on stage and I've come off, like my back hurts. You know, my arms hurt. I don't. That's why I get injuries. Yeah, exactly. Physical injuries. It's and all it's, connected. And you're, as a vibraphonist, you're just that instrument is not ergonomically designed to be good to your body. Hmm. It's really hard on it, as many instruments are. Most people have a bad tendency of leaning over the instrument when they play it, so it's terrible for your back, and then it's terrible for your elbows because hmm. you do all this straining playing with two someone's weight in each hand it's, yeah it's but hard. it's got a lot of room to put your beverages if you're like working exactly. at a club so right. you don't yeah. have to reach for your drink right and nothing kills set. pain more than the sweet sweet taste of booze <laughs> that i'm not i'm totally just just talking that's not something i've ever done before <laughs> totally all right just next ha- up number <laughs> to- eight all right we've got to talk about your counting uh number four <laughs> What would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse? Or what would be the 
What would be a larger animal that would be the coolest to scale down to the size of a puppy? Whoa. So, either or. You can great. answer one or the other. Those are great questions, both of them. Um, I, I would vote to upscale an ocelot to the size of a horse. Oh, my. That sounds terrifying. Because, yeah, it does sound terrifying, but ocelots are so cute, and having one the size of a tiger would be so cool. Oh, my God. That's so scary, though. But, okay. <laughs> I mean, that would be beautiful for sure, but yeah. that would terrify me. <laughs> um, number five. I realized this morning I might not have done a great job on this one. Number five, speaking from both your, uh, well, as quick background, you also, when you were studying at Oberlin, you also, you got degrees in music and neuroscience. Yes. Okay. Which uh, neuroscience is what brought you to San Diego, actually. Yes. Just background. Uh, number five, speaking from both your musical and neurological studies, is the brown note feasible? Is the brown note feasible? <laughs> We ask the tough questions. Yeah. Uh, we get the tough answers. I haven't done my research there, honestly. It but wa- the only reason I asked it, it was in the news recently. Really? Well, there was that whole thing in Cuba, the United States Embassy. They claimed that the people were using sonic attacks at, at the U.S. Embassy at, at employees. It was a big news story. Wow. And there's a lot of people calling it into doubt. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's a news story. That's, yeah, I mean, I don't want to write it off as not true, but I haven't done my homework there. Oh, a lot of people are saying it's complete bunk, but I'm just <laughs> saying it's in the it's in the news. Okay. Um, and now for something cutesy. Number six. Uh, since it's Thanksgiving this week, what's a musical educational life opportunity that you're thankful for? I'm really... At, I, I want to thank the San Diego scene as a whole first, um, but I do want to isolate one particular person within it um i've been so thankful for rob dove ever since i got to town just because i ran into him at idlewild and uh he said you know here's my number hit me up when you get to town and since i got here it's just starting to work going from doing music full-time before that and being on tour living my dreams and then getting here and starting 40 hours a week in a lab uh it was like quite a contrast for me and i really needed a refresher and rob was just such a a great resource for me and such a great friend. So he's been, I'm super thankful for him ever since I got to town. Yeah. Hey, right on. Yeah. He was the one that introduced you to me the first time at Rosie's. Uh, and number seven, this is our old standby and we're keeping score. Number seven, bacon. Yes. Boom. We're back on team bacon. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a long dry spell with bacon. Last week we had bacon death. That was our answer for that. We asked that everyone. The number seven is always bacon. <laughs> just, just bacon. Okay. Great. That was the San Diego Seven. Thanks, Matt. So talking a little bit more about some of the music you heard uh, before the jazz calendar and the break, uh, you heard Matt's group Plexus. Or not group, Project, because it's just you. Yeah. But you're sort of part of a larger like collective multimedia artistic Totally. Yeah. Across I mean, the globe. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, well, first off, I don't want to downgrade the fact that I did have a couple other people that weren't me doing some of the musical things on the solo record. Um, I featured this awesome vocalist, Sivan Arbel, who's based out of New York, um, a friend of mine, my practice roommate, Elena Khan, when I was at Oberlin, and uh, two other guys from Oberlin, Dave DeYoung and Gifton Jelen. So I featured all those guys on the record too. But uh, yeah, the whole initiative of this project is to bring artists uh visual artists choreographers and dancers and musicians together uh and that's sort of my long-term goal with it and what i'm working towards so yeah super inter interdisciplinary yeah and the whole i mean the word plexus is actually from neuroscience Mm. and uh it means like a network of interconnected parts so i'm trying to form yeah that network with all these people and yeah Someone's been Googling interesting words. Uh-huh. <laughs> or and, studying and knowing them. Or <laughs> yeah. that. So you, you actually just did a gig in town at Winston's down at Ocean Beach, right? Yeah. With the group. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that with, um, it was just me, brought up all the gear on stage and uh, had like a bunch of my coworkers. It was a release show, technically. It was a little, like, I don't want to say anticlimactic because I had a lot of, just based on how short term I've been in town, I had a great turnout. Um but uh, having been working on that record for three years and then getting here and finally it being ready to perform, uh, you know, it was kind of it was kind of funny and a little bit ironic that huh. I decided to do it when I moved to a new place. But 
that performance went really well. It felt so good to just perform all the music all the way through, having been like mixing it, doing yeah. all the you know the nitty gritty with it for three years. So it felt great. Yeah. And you were live on stage, just you, or was yeah, there? it was just me uh, doing vibraphone, malacat, vocoding, and keyboard. Yeah. Wow. And and like it seems like uh, you're trying to do like a whole almost like snarky puppy sized band with one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's so yeah. many layers here, and you know different parts, and there's yeah. groove oriented. And exactly, stuff, so. yeah. And again, like I'll go back to or Ableton, which is what I used to perform with, is so great for automating everything nowadays in live performance. So you can make instrument racks where oh. the mallet cat just auto- is automatically switching between all the instruments that I need it to be. Uh, wow! Like at a certain time during the song. Exactly. Yeah. So it becomes the drum kit for the drum solo, and then I solo, and then oh, here comes the solo synth part. Like, oh, just stop playing for a second. Okay, here we go, solo synth. Wow! And then you just go. So it's like all of what's so great about Ableton is I can devote my entire creative energy in my brain to that. Yeah, I, I can focus solely on that and not just need to focus to pl- on putting down right. the mouths, yeah. switching, right. changing the sound. Not, you know, like yeah. none of that. Oh I don't have to God. do any of that yeah, anymore. Yeah, that, 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 that must be a huge weight off your mind. Yeah, not those, to mention it just makes the music way more fun. Yeah, because then you just know like, all right, I just play and now I do this other thing and you don't have to worry about a, a, a horrible like physical on the ergonomic switch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's such a good tool in general. So if you're a musician and you're looking to integrate electronics or produce or even just make demos and write your music out quickly with what you have in your head. I cannot recommend Ableton Live enough. Yeah. And uh, where can people find uh, these recordings? Are these are there are there videos as well? Yeah, there's videos. Uh, so for the Plexus record, there's... For the first time record, there's video and audio for everything. Um, and for the Plexus record, there's two videos that are done, one with dancers, like I mentioned, and one with uh, the... You know, some visuals that I made with the flying suits, the wingsuit flying, squirrel suit flying. Yeah, I was uh, checking those altitude. out the other day. Those, yeah. Uh, squirrel suits have always been sort of a squee kind of a thing for me. I just dig them. Uh, yeah. Ex- well, yeah, that's, I came across them and I was like, this would be sweet to write a song about. So <laughs> yeah. that's what I did. Uh, and yeah, there's audio and video for those two tracks and the other tracks where there's more dancers, uh, there's more video footage, and there's more. I found this really awesome dancer in France to work with uh, through Banff Jazz Program when I was there. He was a dancer at the time, and so oh, cool. we decided to collaborate. And there's a electronic visual artist in uh, Denmark named Martin Stebbing, and his work is great. So we've been also working, and I'm working on all the videos for the rest of the record and putting those out soon. So those are in the works right now. Great. Well, we'll keep a we'll keep an eye out for those. And yeah. what's the website if people want to Oh, check yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So the website to check everything out is just mattdbiasimusic.com. Yeah. Uh, and there's links to the the Frizen website as well. Yeah. So from there, you can just there's a top tab where it has all the bands, all the projects, and then for the Frizen one, yeah, you just get linked to the website for Frizen, yeah. Yeah. And then you can check out all things Frizen and all things Plexus and all things Matt. Yeah. Including where you'll be playing. Yeah. But uh, what are some other what are some gigs you've got coming up just yeah to, so the gigs that i have works. coming up locally, um, yeah. locally here in san diego the most immediate ones are um rob has rob dove again my big brother in town has uh done this he's doing a bi-weekly residency at panama 66 and we'll be playing there on december 7th Wicked. um uh when i get back from you know traveling home for thanksgiving and then um rob is also starting this awesome new session in san diego thursday nights at the ken club in i think it's in city heights no uh, it's, it's kensington. kensington in kensington okay that would make way more sense uh <laughs> might want to edit that out <laughs> no it's uh, like yeah, you're getting to know the town it's cool yeah it's so, cool. um anyways so he's starting that there and that starts this thursday um or it starts and On it thursday. will be going also that same evening that we play panama okay. uh so december 7th um, so that Ken Club jam session, it, it's it's a late night jam. It's like 10 p.m. 10 to 2. Until 10 mm-hmm. to 2. So no so. excuses for musicians who, uh, after a gig, oh, it's too late, I can't make it. You can make it. Exactly. Yeah. Although, uh-huh. yeah. And, and the then, house band there, I'm super excited for it. It's got a bunch of great cats in it. Yeah. Including Rob. Yeah. Yes. Rob Dove and Ian Buss on saxophones. And then you. And then who's playing in the uh, Hugo drums? Suarez is on keyboard. Um, Charlie is on drums. Charlie, Charlie Weller. Weller on drums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Mac uh, Mackenzie Layton is on bass. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. And then coming up next year, we were talking about Duncan Moore, local drummer, puts on a drum summit every year. Yeah. So, so Duncan, uh, I actually ran into a friend of Duncan's playing a gig with him at Northern Spirits. And um, then he put me through to Duncan. And Duncan, 
you know, expressed a lot of interest in my music that I make and is having me do a solo plexus performance for like 15, 20 minutes as part of this program that he's programming uh, with Steve Schick um, and the San Diego Symphony in January. But there's this drum summit that Steve's putting together. I haven't met Steve yet, so I really want to. I'm excited to meet him. He's, um, an, incre- he's an incredible player, like one, yeah. of the, one of the greatest solo percussionists of our age. Really. I'm sure. He's a great conductor, yeah. too. Never met him, but I mean, well, briefly met him, but yeah amazing musician yeah my roommate ben rempel is a master's student at ucsd studying with him and he speaks very highly of him so i've been trying to meet him um but yeah i'll be part of that in january and the last thing that i'll just tease really quick is um isaac pastrana Mm. uh love that guy he and i are starting to as i was talking about the velvet sessions uh, terry gibbs record Mm. with five saxes and rhythm section and vibes we're gonna try and do something like that in march oh that's great that's cool so yeah There's a lot to look out for. Yeah. You're new in town, but you're not slowing down. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Well, thanks uh, thanks again for coming in today. Uh, Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, super stoked and, and, and really curious to see all the stuff you do and hope to, hope to play with you more too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah same. Um, Excellent. Well, again, for our listeners, we've been talking to Matt DiBiase, and you can check out all this stuff at mattdibiasemusic.com. That's D-I-B-I-A-S-E. And we're going to take it out with one more track. This is the Thunderstorm Suites from Plexus.
You've been listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser. Performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artist. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company.